Every time we've done this show, we've talked about having grit to overcome obstacles on the way to success. What happens if you don't have grit? What happens if you just give up? Is that happening in our kids today? We're going to talk about it. Dr. Cy Smith, next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. So we've done, I don't even know how many, 80-some episodes of Dash of Grit, and it's always about overcoming hurdles and obstacles in a business leader's, a corporation's uh, a leader's mind through grit getting through the tough stuff, overcoming the obstacles that get in our way to success. That's what this show is all about. Today is going to take a little different turn. I want to talk about what happens when you don't have grit. What, what's going on when you don't overcome the hurdles, when you just lay down? I think this is going to be a fascinating conversation with our guest, the first ever returning guest to Dash of Grit, Dr. Cy Smith. He's the superintendent of Mansfield Christian Schools in Mansfield, Ohio. I'm thrilled to have you back, and I'm thrilled to call you my friend. Dr. Smith, welcome to Dash of Grit. Yeah, thanks, Brian. It's an honor to be on again. Always enjoy our conversations. You you helped me start this whole thing. You helped us start this way back in the beginning. I think you were episode number two. Oh, that's exciting. I'm so honored. Yeah, thank so, you. So after people listen to this, maybe they'll go back and take a look at that because it is still online. So Dr. Smith, we want to talk about grit and perhaps the absence of, and we're going to get into that in a second. But first, talk to me a little bit about success that Mansfield Christian Schools is having in instilling grit into our next generation or our young folks. Tell me what's working for you and for yeah. Mansfield Christian Schools. Right. And we're really scratching the surface because of the need. And we can talk about that uh, in a moment, but certainly um, we're by no means accomplished, but again, uh, attacking it the best we can and really trying to be intentional with that. And a lot of this goes back to just knowing that, okay, I'm working with a generation that struggles in this area. And I think all the studies indicate that that's the case. And so what can I do? How can I rethink my homework? How can I rethink what we do in class? How can I rethink some of the activities that we know are going to be designed uh, to be challenging, right? I mean, these things are difficult. We want to promote critical thinking. So it's coming. So anticipate that they're going to struggle with this. And then let's start to build into some of these activities, some really some, some deliberate steps to make sure that they understand, listen, this is what's in front of you. And so we're calling it, and what we've seen in, you know, Angela Duckworth's, or Lisa Duckworth's famous book. Uh, grit calls it deliberate practice, you know, where you really, my intention here is to master this weakness and then set another goal and move forward steps. And that's, you know, I know that the practice is going to look like that. This is not just homework for the sake of getting it done, checking it off the list. Okay. I, I can put that subject away, but really learning how to, again, focus on weaknesses, know that it's going to be tough. This homework is designed to be tough. You're going to have to think this through. You're going to have to go uh, several different ways. And guess what? You're probably going to fail throughout the process. Mm. And okay. We're not talking about a failing grade. We're just talking about, I'm not going to get it right away. Anticipate that. Tonight's homework or this project in class or whatever we're going to be doing is going to be a challenge. You're going to have stumbling blocks. Here's what you do when you face that stumbling block. Some of that we take for granted in education. Mm -hmm. I assume that as a human, you're going to get that. and You're going to stay with it and you're going to overcome. 
nope, you can no longer make that assumption. You need to walk them through how to be gritty when you're around and when you're not. So what does deliberate practice look like in the education setting? And congratulations for setting that up and doing those things because it's obvious that it's needed. And that's what I want to talk about. It's not that you're doing this to become even a better school and and to do even better things. It's because you're seeing a lack of grit in our young people. You're actually seeing this, I'm not able to, or I'm not willing to overcome the hurdle and do better and try harder. I mean, that's what you're seeing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Let's start talking about what's going wrong with it right, in our society? Right. Yeah, we uh, in education in all schools, public and private, we're very focused on SEL right now, which is social and emotional learning, because we see that those challenges so much with Generation Z, which is the group that is now in our school system from uh, K-12. And social and emotional learning, things that we study like empathy, social responsibility, civic responsibility, self-control, grit, things like that. So we're all studying these things from a professional development angle. And so when we studied several of those things last year, and then we survey our teachers again, we said, hey, what, what do you want to talk about more? Because what do you see more is needed? You can help kids. And grit was their number one response. Hmm. Hey, Dr. Smith, let's dive deeper into grit because we really see that as a struggle for kids. Um, and there's so many variables there. Of course, they live in an instantaneous society. They are used to things come quickly. Um, they're served quickly, uh, no doubt about it. And with that, sometimes they expect things are going to come easy. Uh, and so there's a great tendency in this particular generation to when I hit an obstacle or when I hit a roadblock, if I can't immediately overcome it with a quick fix, you know, it's that I'll just Google it mentality. Yeah. And- I don't have the answer right away uh, and it's not at my fingertips. Well, I'm really not sure uh, how to struggle through this or if I really want to, because I, I didn't get, you know, my need met as fast as I can. So they do struggle with that. And our teachers are finding, okay, we have to back up. This is not a situation where mom and dad are going to be talking it through with them in the kitchen. We're going to have to back up and teach them. This is how you persevere. And what does that look like? I, I, I know we talked a little bit about sometimes it shows up even early in the elementary school. What is it? Give me an example of, of a young person that is displaying yeah. a lack of grit. I don't understand right. that. And no one had to teach me grit. Exactly. I don't think. I don't yeah, think they exactly. did. Right. Yes. And I asked the teachers, when does this start to show up? And usually it's not long into elementary school. Uh, of course, there's certain behavior if you really focus on a certain child. And you could probably even watch them as early as pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, things like that. But it really starts to take effect, of course, when you start to see all those. I don't know if you remember, but in those lower grades, you're getting O's and and, uh, standing efforts. I remember. Three performances. You know, you're not getting A's, B's, C's, and D's. Nobody's sending home a kindergartner with a D or an F, something like that. But when you get into those intermediate grades in whatever, second, third, fourth grade, and now all those S's. And good efforts start to turn into, you know what, this this is subpar. It's a C or it's a D. And then the child starts to all of a sudden reflect, you know, and they start to uh, think uh, or at least understand with the help of the teacher and probably mom and dad that, wow, you know, I'm not really good at this subject or I'm, I'm missing a lot of math problems or I don't read as well as the other kids. And so for the first time, their, their obstacles or their challenges, which maybe, you know, uh, cognitive certainly are, are being uh, called out. 
And so now I have a decision to make. Yep. Am I going to keep persevering and try to turn that CDF into an A, figure this out? Or am I going to say, no, yeah, it's too hard. I'm going to throw it. So it shows up early in elementary and um, kids, you know, some kids have a natural bent towards it. Um, most kids we have found really want to try to learn something. So that's where we really can't lose them there. You know, we can't discourage them. We have to work with them so hard to make them think, hey, listen, you can get this. Let's help walk you through it. But don't make any assumptions that they're just going to do them on their, on their own. Like you said, nobody had to teach me. Great. I did. Well, you need to teach it. Don't make those assumptions that they are going to overcome it. So let me push back though, because I'm I'm starting to feel like the old crotchety old curmudgeon here. I, I never had to do that when I was a kid. You know what, what's wrong with kids these days? I don't want to do that. Is it is it just that we're old and we don't understand youth today? It's a different mentality. They've got their devices and they we didn't have Google. Like right. we had to have grit to learn. Who created the cotton gin or whatever they taught me yeah. back in school? They don't yeah. have to learn that now. So, yep. are we being too hard and forcing grit, or do we really see a a, a need? Like, what's the future going to look like if we don't do the kind of work that you're doing right now? That's a great that's a great point because uh, the research shows that grit very much is determined by your life experiences, and so yeah, there are some inherent things in your DNA. If your parents were naturally gritty people, mm-hmm. you that you probably will be also. But it's also equally true that the culture, the generation, the life experiences that are required to be successful today are different than they were for you and I as likely Gen Xers and certainly of the boomers and the silent generation that remains. I mean, there's just undisputed evidence there that, again, this creates grit. And the surveys show also that in not only still in the workforce because they're they're fading fast out of the workforce, but of the generations today, when they do these grit studies, the boomers are still, you know, that, that group that's 65 and older, they're still the grittiest generation around. And who had the grittiest life experiences to call that out? Them. And it's not just because, oh, I, I, because I happen to be placed there, I show grit. No, I, life was much different when I was a teenager. And when I was in my 20s and 30s and things like that. So as a result, in my 60s, 70s, 80s, I'm very much full of grit. And so, yeah, it's definitely a, there's a generational dynamic here that's a result of life experiences that doesn't lend itself well to the cultivation of grit. You and I, yeah, we're not harvesting crops by any stretch. That's right. Table, right. Uh, you know, and our needs are, are relatively met. Uh, yeah. Go on and on about that. Yeah, I'm not as gritty as my dad, nowhere near. And he was right. not as gritty as his dad that served in, in you know, World War II. And, and so we're, right. we've all, but ha- however, we are in a different way, extremely gritty. I'm wondering right. um, how your you and your teaching base are bringing themselves into the newer next generation, being able to relate in such a way that those kids can understand what this grid is and what's needed and how, tell me a little bit about that teaching process, maybe a little bit even more about that practice that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of this is being very transparent with them and letting them behind the scenes, or maybe it's a good way to say, hey, we're going to pull back the curtain on uh, not only our own lives, uh, because where we're at today, but you know, all those videos you see on YouTube and all those things out there where everybody makes it look effortless. Well, let me tell you as early as, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, here's what's behind that. Mm. 
thousands and thousands of failures, practices, like I said, intentional focus on things that they want to try to master. What you're not seeing on social media is the really, uh, is the effort. You're seeing the talent, especially on shows like America's Got Talent, and The Voice. You're seeing the final product. What you're not seeing is the pain, the effort, diligence, the commitment on the blood, the sweat, the tears to get on stage. Even if it's just somebody's filming a friend with an iPhone, that still can become a megastar overnight, right? And so they see this and, oh, I want to do that. But that what they don't realize, again, is everything uh, behind, the, behind the scenes. And so those feelings of frustration, those are normal. Those breakdowns are going to happen. All of us experience those things. We did as teachers. We did as administrators, so you will as well. But to get to here, you have to be willing to put in the effort. And um, uh, the studies show effort counts twice over talent. Talent is great, but effort counts twice. And I can't explain it as well as Angela Duckworth by any stretch. But getting them to really understand some of those concepts. Oh, and then the other thing we're probably working on more than we ever have before is trying to make practice a habit. Uh, because again, they're very, uh, you know, they, they struggle with habits. I think that this generation does. And then young people in general, you know, routines, they love them when they get, uh, you know, when they happen, but they just aren't naturally hardwired to, to, to look for them uh, any longer. They're not built into their day. Anymore. There's so many things grasping for their attention yeah. you know, out there. They're very busy. They're very scheduled. I mean, kindergartners and first graders know what their schedule is already. Yeah. So if we can get in that, hey, practice, make it a routine, uh, building of those skills that you're working on, make it a routine, build it into your day. You know, again, these are life skills you and I have probably learned over time to be successful. We're teaching them proactively in this generation. I'm wondering, Dr. Smith, we talked a little bit about generational and you're talking about teaching. I'm, I'm concerned about the teachers. I know a lot of teachers. I've been involved in education and I know they want to be yeah. successful. They're not in the job to make money. <laughs> they, right. they want yeah. to change lives and impact lives. Is it hard on teachers today knowing if we're, if we're understand, seeing a lack of grit, a lack of accomplishment, a lack of drive to do better? Are teachers having an issue saying, I just can't make the impact I want to? I just can't make a difference. I, are they having issues with success on their own or is it just they need to show more grit and, and, and have to do it. What, what, how, how is the teacher dealing with this? Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, a matter of fact, uh, teacher well-being, as we're calling it, teacher yeah. mental health, teacher well-being is a, is a serious focus of uh, educators all over the country. Hmm. Again, public and private schools, they are, um, uh, they are overwhelmed. I mean, COVID, of course, exposed this as well and, and made it worse to some degree, but they do really feel like they are, are needing to work hard to understand uh, what their customer now, who it is that they're dealing with, because the generational differences have become so glaring. You know, there's not that blurry line between the boomers and the Xers and the millennials that there used to be. Yeah. A lot of Xers teaching a lot of Zs with millennial parents in betweens. And the differences in those two, three generations are very big. So it, the, again, yes, there's a lot that stays the same. We get that. But sometimes that's over a cliche. There are some stark differences that are very taxing on teachers, uh, as you suggested. And they are having to learn, okay, not only do I need to be a master of this content, I now need to be a master of this new generation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work with them. 
because I cannot make the assumption it will work with their parents or their grandparents. Yeah. Is, are we seeing an issue with having enough teachers in the workplace? I know there's a problem in, in employment in general, where through whatever reason, perhaps even some grit, some lack of grit, people aren't showing up to work. The workforce has shrunk. Um, and they're just, I don't know what they're doing instead. And no no one can figure that out. If I knew that I'd be a millionaire. Um, are, are we having trouble getting teachers to stay in the classroom and and deal with this or what's that like? Yeah, most definitely. I think all are from coast to coast. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the number of college students going and majoring in education is, is definitely down. I mean, I think the consensus and the perception is, um, yeah, you, you, um, you know, you're going to be in for a challenge. Yeah. for that challenge and you're passionate about getting through to children, okay, then this is the career to, for you. But understand that it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of work and it's, there's going to be some big differences between how you went to school and how school or what school looks like right now. Yeah. So we are finding teacher shortages across the country, no matter what a form of education that you so, Dr. Smith, you're the superintendent of Mansfield Christian Schools. It's a private school, a school of choice. People come to you for a specific type of education. They make that choice on their own. What advice do you have for parents that are listening now that aren't in private school, other than go to private school? <laughs> but yeah, what, right. what advice do you have uh, that are in a public school setting and grit is not being shown? What should they look for? What can they do on their own? Is there anything that you would suggest for them to kind of help their kids along through this thing that maybe they're not even realizing is happening? Right. Yeah, that's good. That's a good question. I would say, yeah, uh, recognize it, look for it. Like you said, you know, what are the patterns? You're probably already seeing these things at home. Right? You're probably asking them more than, you know, quality parent is not just saying, hey, did you get your homework? Back? You know, they're they're asking a little bit because if the child says yes, you know, maybe prod a little bit more and say, okay, what did you have, by the way, that got done? Did you have math tonight? Did you have English tonight? Did you have social studies? Oh, and what'd you do? Yeah, I got my social studies. Well, what was that about? And then maybe talk through that and try to try to find out if there's any areas where you could see some exposure to, to a lack of grit, you know, or the, if here's a classic one. But yeah, I started my homework, but I didn't understand it. So I'm going to have to wait, ask the teacher tomorrow. OK, well, that's a classic response from a student that, that has shut down. And maybe there's some sincere, hey, we didn't cover this. I don't know what we're doing. But there also could be something that yeah, with a little bit more effort, he probably could have got through that obstacle. And so you look for those patterns and trends. You know, does your child finish their homework a lot or do they never have anything to do? Chances are good that's not reality. Most kids have plenty to do. Even most teachers assign at minimum reading homework, you know, in public and private schools and things like that. So, you know, you start to question and prod a little bit when, when they routinely have nothing to do or have shut down early. Oh, yeah, I got everything done. Five subjects done in half an hour. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm going to prod for that a little bit. So when I see those things, okay, can I work with them on that and then try to find out, okay, what seems to be the struggle here that they're not overcoming? And then don't worry about, well, um, I don't understand algebra either. So I was bad at math. So, yep, that's, that's, uh, let's leave that to the teacher. Let's leave that to their friends, things like that. Most parents are going to opt out of that too, especially in the secondary. You know, I don't remember geometry or I don't remember this, that, and the other. So, yeah, that's good. No, back up and say, let's, let's take the content out of it. Let me try to talk my child through some, again, what I said before, like the teachers are doing. What are gritty behaviors? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried this? You know, um, can you go back and review some prior chapters? Maybe there's some knowledge. Again, things that would probably come obvious to you and I that aren't uh, coming obvious so much to the kids. 
Um, and we can probably help them overcome at least this is how you become a gritty person, a person with perseverance, um, uh, and not necessarily this is how you master tonight's algebra uh, homework. And you know, separate that from the behavior and tackle that as a and I think that's what it is. I, I, at least piece, a piece of it is finding the passion. Some kids just yeah. don't want to do their algebra. We've heard that. I remember saying it. I'm never going to use this. Why do I have to learn it? Right. Yes. And, and in yeah. a non-gritty world, I really don't have to learn it. I've got my, my phone. I can Google search anything I want. I, I really don't have to do it. And so finding that passion of accomplishment, perhaps, or reward or whatever it might be. Because, and, and I like to end the show with, with the following question, like what's next for you and for grit? And I'm, I'm actually concerned, like, what do we think the next generation looks like? If, if you're successful, like what's your next hurdle? Is this, are we at the top of this problem? Are we at the mm. bottom of this spot? Like what's next for you in trying to continue to instill grit in our young people? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I wish I you know, certainly had a crystal ball, but you're you're exactly right. I think uh, helping them look at the big picture maybe is a good place where we're probably headed. Uh, helping them have a sense of life direction, maybe even a, a little bit earlier. And then, like you said, what does it look like to discover your passion, and what does it look like to develop that over time? Because the studies also show that a lot of people who are really good at things in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. They didn't discover that necessarily, you know, in their youth, they had to work through some things and then it developed over time. Then their passion for that deepened. So how can we help kids uh, work through that, uh, perhaps even earlier than what they have in the past, uh, so that they don't become, you know, 30, 40 years old and still trying to find, you know, some sort of sense of direction and a calling in life and a purpose in life? Because I just never stayed with anything long enough to develop a, a deep passion. For yeah. And that's what it's really all about, isn't it? It's about we're, we're raising children, raising kids to be young adults, young, uh, prosperous, helpful, contributing uh, members of our society. Whether they got an A in geography or a B, and it really ultimately at the end doesn't matter. But did they learn what they needed to do to accomplish the things in life that they need to accomplish does? And I, I thank you and your team for working on this and bringing this to life because it means you're not just saying, ah, it's just kids today. We, let's right. just teach them and we'll figure it out later. I, I, I appreciate your going above and beyond to, to make a difference as far as that goes. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is a, is a lot of work. I can't believe my 30th year, you and I have talked about that before. Yeah. I see uh, all these changes and it's just been incredible to, to stay with it. And in some days, yep, it's exhausting, but in other ways, it's greatly uh, rewarding too. When you work with a child who starts to show grit, really perseveres and recognizes that passion. So it's a wonderful profession, uh, but certainly has its challenges. Yeah. And what's great is that it's funny. I, I've got three kids of my own. I've raised all three of them the exact same. They're all three completely different. Like they're going to be okay. Our kids yeah. are going to be okay. They're going yeah. to figure it out one way or another, regardless of how much we screw them up, right? As old people. But yeah. The key is that we're trying our best to help them uh, learn and overcome. Folks, this is uh, this is an amazing, I think, an amazing topic, a different way of looking at Dash of Grit, but uh, still an important way to instill and to try to keep 
this idea of grit in the future. Quick word for our sponsor and our uh, the, the provider of the show, Spire Marketing. We are a company that likes to help with gritty situations. If your business or organization is trying to overcome things and reach new levels of success, Spire likes to do that in the way of uh, marketing and the format of, of helping you accomplish those goals. So if you need some help with that, need some extra grit, some extra power, let us know. We're Spire Marketing and you can reach us at spiread.com. I'm Brian Levlock. I'm Director of Sales at Spire and a host of Dash of Grit. And I thank you to my friend, Dr. Smith for sharing this story. I think it's really vulnerable of you to share that, look, man, things are changing and we have to change with it because it's the kids that matter. And this is what we're doing. And so thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, you're most welcome. Thank you. Always enjoy it. We'll have you on another 80 episodes. We'll we'll, we'll block it in now. (laughs) All right. First one to be repeat. I'll look forward to being the first third You've got it. You're on the books. My friend, thank you so much. And if you'd like to hear uh, more from Dr. Smith, he was our second guest. And so look back and uh, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and you'll find him there at dashofgrit.com. And he shares an amazing story of how he overcome, uh, overcame some uh, things in his past to overcome and, and become successful. So this is Dash of Grit. We do it once a week. Come back again and we'll see you then. Until then, be gritty and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 